Good morning. It is good to be here today. It is good to be back from vacation. Somebody asked me while we were gone if I missed um, being here, and I told him no. The answer, though, was a little bit more yes and no. God is gracious. He allows me to rest when I'm away, but at the same time, I miss y'all. I miss my family. So it is good to be back. It is good to be in God's house. I also bring you greetings from our fellow ARP church down in Pickaway, uh, the New Lebanon ARP church. I was with them this morning uh, serving communion for them, and they send their greetings to you. Um, just a handful of announcements as we begin. Um, we're still looking for a treasurer, so if you have skills in that area, please talk to either myself or one of the elders, um, and that will begin in 2021. Uh, which will be on us far more quickly than we can um, think or imagine. Uh, the church picnic, you may already know this, but the church picnic for the 26th has been postponed um, due to the recent increase in cases. Um, and also the women of the church will not be meeting this Tuesday night. This is their typical week to meet, so they will not be meeting. Sometime in late August, uh, I think the last time it was in the, I put it in the bulletin, it said after the fair, which we are not having. So it will be later in August after that fair time. Um, we will offer a new members class. So if you're interested in that, please let me know. And New Lebanon ARP Church is hosting a yard sale and a work day next week. So um, if you're interested in either selling or working, uh, let me know and I'll put you in contact with either Smokey or Jim down there, and they will get you set up if you're interested in buying stuff. Just show up sometime after 8 o'clock next Saturday morning, and they'll have things set up for sale. So are there any other announcements today? Well, if not, our call to worship today comes from the book of Psalms. It is Psalms 138. Hear the word of the Lord. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. And gods there is in quotation to remind us that there is only one God. And so it's before the imagined gods of the world that we sing God's praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout hearted. May all the kings of the earth praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. Let us pray. God and Father above, we do thank you for these words, for these reminders of your love for us, your love that endures forever and your love that fulfills your purpose in our lives. Remind us as we walk through the valleys, remind us as we rest upon the mountaintops that you will work out your purpose for us and your love endures forever. We are here today because you have loved us. We are gathered to worship you as a response to the love that you have shown to us in the giving of your son while we were sinners. And as part of that worship, we lift up our prayers to you, specifically praying as you have taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We have read from Psalm 138. We have the opportunity to sing from Psalm 138. So please take your Bible songs, that green book there before you. And turn to Bible song number 288. As much as we desire to just belt out, uh, to, to lift up a joyful noise, I, I do encourage us to please kind of hold back a little bit as we sing. God is still worshipped. God is still honored by our singing. So let us stand and sing Bible song 288, Wholehearted Praise. <laughs> 
Please be seated. As God works his purposes in our lives through love, he points to us ways in which we break his law, ways in which we sin against him. And we are called to confess and to repent. So here, this prayer of confession that comes from prone to wander. Guiding father, forgive us for our lack of faith. As you called Abraham out of his country into unknown circumstances, so you often call us to walk through frightening, lonely, or unstable times. In response to trials of various kinds, we have certainly not counted them as joy. Like sheep, we are prone to wander at these times. We have turned, every one of us, to our own way. In moments of suffering, we have looked for wisdom from this world comforting ourselves with man-made schemes to deal with our suffering or escaping into addictive patterns of numbing behavior. Our vision for what you are doing in our lives in the midst of suffering is blindingly clouded by fear and anger. And we have consistently settled for our own limited, self-centered vision as the final word of truth. Yet, in your immeasurable grace, the Good Shepherd has laid down his life For his selfish, wandering sheep. Holy Jesus, thank you for the life of doubtless faith that you lived on our behalf. You came from heaven to take on human flesh and lived perfectly in the place of your children. In the midst of every kind of trial and temptation, you responded with utmost trust and faith in your father's will. Even as your father turned his faith away, face away as you were crucified for our sin of unbelief, you remained faithful to your final breath, declaring your atoning work as finished with vast, free, and unbounding grace. Spirit of God, bind our wandering hearts to you as we walk through the paths that you have ordained for us. When we suffer, be our vision by teaching us to count this cost as joy and strengthening our belief that you always have redemptive purposes in the suffering of your children, as we see so clearly in the cross of Christ. Enable us to cry out for wisdom when we lack it and humble us to see that we lack wisdom often. Grow our faith in the promise that you will not leave us as we pass through troubled waters, that we will not be burned when we are called to walk through the fire and that we do not need to fear for you have called us by name. We are yours in Jesus name. Amen. And from John sixteen thirty three, I've said these things to you. That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Proverbs. Uh, Today we're going to end up reading both Proverbs 7 and 8. Proverbs 7 for our scripture reading now. Uh, The reason for that is these two go together as a whole. And it's been a while since we've gone through chapter 7. But So our scripture reading today comes from Proverbs 7. My son, keep my words and store up my commands within you. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister and call understanding your kinsman. They will keep you from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words. At the window of my house, I looked out through the lattice. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who lacked judgment. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. She is loud and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. She took hold of him and kissed him. And with a brazen face, she said, I have fellowship offerings at home. Today I fulfilled my vows. So I came out to meet you. I have looked for you and have found you. I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes and cinnamon. Come, let us drink deep of love till morning. Let us enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He's gone away on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and he will not be home till full moon. With persuasive words, she led him astray. 
She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are like a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. The grass withers, the flowers fail, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Now is the time we would typically collect our tithes and our offerings. We have baskets at the front, also a basket on the way out the door. And also those of you who have been mailing them in, I say thank you. Thank you to everyone who has continued to support the church through this. And if you are more comfortable mailing your tithes and offerings, that is an option as well. Father above, we do thank you for all that you have provided for us. As you have provided for your people in the wilderness, you continue to provide for us. And so we offer to you our tithes and offerings as worship to you for the salvation that you have given, as well as for the providence that you have given in our lives. So please take these tithes and offerings and be honored by them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your hymn book, that maroon book there before you, and remain standing and turn to hymn number 464, Morning is Broken. As we see the sun come up in the morning and set in the evening, we are reminded of God's creative power. We are also reminded of his faithfulness. So let us remain standing and sing hymn number 464.
Please be seated. As with the saints of old, we profess and proclaim what it is that we believe. So church, what do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As we go to the Lord in prayer this week, just a couple of updates. Libby Temple had surgery and is awaiting the beginning of her treatments uh, once she recovers from her surgery, so please continue to pray for Libby. Um, Kermit Moore tomorrow morning uh, has to be in Roanoke at 5:45 for back surgery. Um, hopefully, will not be as serious as the last time. Um, should only be in the hospital one night and then be able to come home after that. We also lift up Ethan as he is uh, next week getting ready to leave for basic training and advanced infantry training for the uh, National Guard. So we pray for him and his family. And then some of you know Duncan Rankin. He is a minister in our presbytery. He has preached here for me before. He is also a seminary teacher, professor, and he was doing an online class for a group of students in China um, that they have had to cancel at this point. Two of his translators, as well as the rest of their church, were recently arrested um, for meeting in what China calls an illegal church. And so just continue to pray for the persecuted church around the world. Um, as difficult th- as things are here, we, we still have it relatively easy when it comes to worshiping. So please uh, lift up the church around the world. Are there any other prayer requests or updates? My brother-in-law Topher, um, his father passed away this week. So please lift up Topher Hodges and his family. The Rogers. Yeah, Roger Shepard passed away. Yeah. Any other updates or prayer requests? Um, my friend's mom in Florida, her name is Evelyn. Her mom passed away also. Okay. And how's your mom? We don't know. Got to see her Father's Day. They had a parade over there at the nursing home. Oh. Okay. Okay. I understand. Do you have any other any other prayer requests? Oh, yes. Uh, Michelle's grandmother, Melba, or they had their first case of the COVID nineteen virus in her assisted living facility. So she's on lockdown once again. Um, and so uh, please pray for her to protect protection from the virus. Right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God and Father above, our, our requests today are many. We have much that weighs upon our hearts. People who are sick, people who have passed away, uh, people who are um, potentially in danger of catching this virus. Um, we live in a country that desperately needs your prayers right now, needs your peace, needs your purpose and your plan. And we cry out to you knowing that you hear, knowing that you answer. Lord, help us in our times of distress to cry out to you, to seek your face, to seek your peace, to seek your comfort. And help us to know that you are a God who answers when we call. Remind us of that when we are weary of waiting for you at times. Remind us that you do answer our prayers, that you hear, that you respond, that you protect, that you comfort, that you give peace. 
because you are the creator God who has reached out to people who are rebels against him. Out of love, you have sent your son so that reconciliation might be made for those who believe. You desire to be in relationship with your people. You desire to be close to your people. You desire to give them your good purposes. So remind us of that as we wait sometimes, as we ail sometimes, as we grieve at times. Remind us that you are working your purposes and plans in our lives. Lord, we lift up these requests to you today. We lift up these families who have lost the the family of Roger Shepard, the family of Jerry Hodges, Evelyn's family. We lift them up to you and ask that you bring them peace in the midst of their grief. Bring them hope in the midst of their loss. Help them to know the comfort that can only come from you, that peace that transcends all understanding, that lays the foundation for us to grieve well and in a way that honors and glorifies you. We lift up those who are sick. We pray for Libby as she is recovering. We pray for Kermit as he is awaiting surgery tomorrow. We pray for all of those that we have lifted to you. We ask that you meet them with healing and with peace. We pray for Ethan as he will be traveling to Missouri next week to go through his uh, basic training, his advanced infantry training. We ask for safety in his travels. We ask for safety in his training. And we ask that he glorify you as he seeks to serve you and to serve the state through the National Guard. We pray for Chris and Missy and Emily and the rest of his family as well, his extended family, as they are going to say goodbye for a time to him. Comfort them in their grief. Comfort them in their concern over him as they parent and act as sister and cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents from afar. And we ask that you strengthen each of them uh, during this time. We pray for these for the church in China, specifically for these two men, the friends of my of my friend, Duncan Rankin, who have been arrested along with the rest of their church. And we ask that you protect them and give them opportunity to minister to you. Lord, we grieve over the persecution of the church because it is a sign of sin and rebellion against you. And yet we know that many times you have grown your church through the witness of the martyrs. In fact, that's what the word martyr means. It means witness. We witness to who you are. We witness to your sovereignty. We witness to your ability to save us. But even if you choose not to, we witness to your glory as we await the hope of heaven. Would remind us of the blessings that we have here in our country and help us to pray for our leaders. Pray that they would seek your ways and your wisdom so that they might rule in such a way that the church might worship in peace, might evangelize in peace and might seek your glory in peace. Lord, guide us now as we turn toward your word. Remind us that where we are pointed to our failings, that Jesus has filled those failings with his righteousness. And remind us that where we are pointed to areas in which we may have success in seeking wisdom. Help us to not be proud. Help us to not be arrogant. And to humbly thank you for the work of the spirit in our lives. Because it is he who has applied the work of Jesus to our lives so that we might approach you in prayer. And so, God, the Father, we pray to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We do now turn toward Proverbs chapter eight. We're going to read the entirety of Proverbs chapter eight, even though our focus today will only be on verses one through twenty one. I just want us to read the whole discourse that wisdom gives to the son through the father. And so we will read all 36 verses. Hear the word of the Lord. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Besides the, beside the gates leading into the city, at the entrances, she cries aloud, To you, O men, I call out, I raise my voice to all mankind. 
You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, gain understanding. Listen, for I have worthy worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have understanding and power. By me, kings reign and rulers make laws that are just. By me, princes govern and all nobles who rule on the earth. I love those who love me. I love those who and those who seek me will find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasuries full. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was appointed from eternity from the beginning before the world began. When there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water before the mountains were settled in place before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world, I was there when he set the heavens in place. When he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Now then, my sons, Listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself. All who hate me love death. Let us pray. Our God and Father above, as we turn toward your word now, we ask that you give us wisdom. Show us the ways of life and guard us from the ways of death. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. From the time of Justin Martyr in um, the year 125 A.D., Proverbs chapter eight has been a bit of a source of contention in the history of the church, Justin Martyr actually looked at Proverbs chapter eight and said, this proclaims Jesus. Solomon here was looking into the future and was describing Jesus in his personification of wisdom. Many of the church fathers for the next several centuries followed him in that interpretation of Proverbs chapter eight. But that led us in the church to several difficulties. It says in here, uh, later on around verse 22 and following that that wisdom was birthed by God. And so Arius took that in the third and fourth century. His followers took that and said, see, Jesus was created. He is not fully and completely God. And so that caused problems within the church. And so people began to look at Proverbs chapter eight in different ways. If it doesn't point directly to Jesus, what does it point to? And as our theology developed within the church, we began to see the idea of types of Jesus within the Old Testament. The Levitical sacrificial system is a type of Jesus in the Old Testament. It is not a description of Jesus. It is a description of the work that is needed for us that can only be accomplished by Jesus. But it is not a a perfect clear representation of Jesus. It is a type of Jesus that points to the work that we need. And Proverbs chapter eight is that same thing. It is a a type of Jesus. We know it's not specifically 
about Jesus because in the context of the book of Proverbs, these first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs, Lady Wisdom is the solemn is the teaching of Solomon, the wise sayings of Solomon that he is going to lay out after this and that he has always already laid out for us. But it is also a type of Jesus. It shows us the wisdom that Jesus holds and not only the wisdom that he holds, but the wisdom that he holds perfectly and is perfectly. But we have to be careful as we read through this, not to pull it out of its context and say this here is Jesus because it is merely a type of Jesus. Karen Job summarizes it this what summarizes Jesus superiority to lady wisdom with this short quote and some of this we will look at again and more deeply next week. But Karen Job says wisdom is brought into being by God, but the logos, Jesus is God. Wisdom witnessed creation, but the logos, Jesus is the creator. In the apocryphal book called The Wisdom of Solomon, the goddess wisdom Sophia is a reflection of eternal light. But the Lagos is the light itself. So whenever we see something like this in the Old Testament that we think shows off Jesus, we must do the work of seeing how he is superior to the type, how he fulfills the type that is given to us. So as we move on to the text, I was reminded of James Chapter one, verse five, that says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. I asked myself, where did James get this idea that wisdom is simply there for the asking, simply there for the taking? Well, he likely got it from these first 21 verses that we are going to look at today. Proverbs 8 reintroduces us to Lady Wisdom. We first saw her in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33. There, like here, Lady Wisdom calls out her message clearly and openly in the public places of the city. And there, like here, Lady Wisdom calls for the simple and the fool to seek and find wisdom. So today, as we look at this expanded discourse by Lady Wisdom, we're going to dive into her message, the message that she has for the simple and the fool. And in doing so, we will see that wisdom offers her treasures to all humanity, but she is only found by those who love and her and who seek her. First, let us look at wisdom's clear call. In Proverbs chapter seven, we saw that the adulteress woman, she called out as well, but her call was in the darkness. Her call was to one single individual that she had kind of laser focused on an individual that she knew that she could trick into her lair and trick him into following folly through adultery and leading himself to death. Lady Wisdom, we see here in chapter eight, does not call in the darkness. She does not call in the secret places. She does not lurk in the corners and in the alleyways. Her call is loud and it is in broad daylight. In verse one of chapter eight, we are told, does not wisdom call out? That's a that's a it's almost a yelling type word. It's as it's as if she's like the town crier with the news. Hear ye, hear ye or Get your paper now. We don't have town criers. We don't have a a town paper much anymore. We don't have town criers anymore, but there were people who would stand on the street corners and they would shout the news. They would shout the latest decree by the king or the latest news from the government. And Lady Wisdom is described in that way. Does not understanding raise her voice. Verse two says on the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand beside the gates leading into the city. At the entrances, she cries out. She is walking along the high places of the city. What was the high place in the city of Jerusalem? What existed there? It was the temple. She was standing in the highest place, likely Lady Wisdom in the courts or even on the towers of the temple, proclaiming in a loud voice her call. She walked where the paths meet. The paths meet describe the marketplace in the city where the vendors would set up their carts, set up their stands to sell their cloth, their food, their trinkets. 
and things and where people would come to buy. She stood in the marketplace. She stood in the gates leading into the city, the places where the judges would meet, the wise men of the city would meet to hear both civil and criminal cases and to decide according to the law. Basically, anywhere where people congregated during the day in the malls, in the courthouse, in the places of worship, Lady Wisdom is there proclaiming in a loud voice her message. And what is her message? What is her call? Her call is twofold. First, it's for the simple and the fool to find prudence and understanding. The simple is one who has all the information for wisdom. The young man who has grown up in the house or the young woman who has grown up in the house who has sat under the teaching of his or her parents and is ready to start their adult life but hasn't quite made enough decisions to be considered wise or foolish yet. And so wisdom cries out to the simple, follow me. She also cries out to the fool. Now, the fool is someone who has actively chosen folly over wisdom, has turned his or her back upon the teaching of the parent and has walked in the ways of folly. Maybe he has followed the adulterous woman of chapter seven. Maybe he has followed the way of sloth from chapter six. Maybe he has followed all those things that Solomon has warned against for these first five or first, excuse me, seven or eight chapters. But he's not so far gone that he can't turn back toward wisdom. Now, notice she does not call to one other person that we've looked at in the book of Proverbs, and that is the scoffer. The scoffer is one who has not only turned his back upon wisdom, but laughs and derides and insults those who do follow wisdom and insults wisdom itself. I know better. I don't need that. In fact, people who follow wisdom are stupid. It may be too late for the scoffer to find the wise ways. But she calls out to the fool. She calls out to the simple. And she tells them to find prudence, to find discretion. Or excuse me, prudence and understanding. We use prudence and understanding and discretion and wisdom and all different words kind of interchangeably throughout this. We'll look at some of these definitions. But basically, prudence is the ability to look at the world Through the lens of the wisdom that has been taught and to see the right path. Understanding is the ability to once having seen that right path to take it. And so she calls for the simple and the fool to turn their back on folly and to follow wisdom. But she also calls out to people to live morally right lives. Look at verse 13. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Now, that's something we've seen already in the book of Proverbs. We saw in chapter one that the fear of the Lord is what? It's the beginning. It's the foundation of wisdom. But here, those who fear the Lord hate evil. What kind of evil do they hate? They hate the evil of pride and arrogance, which points to our heart attitudes against God. It it points to the fact that we seek to worship ourselves Rather than God, we lift ourselves up to the place of God and we say, God, I know what's better for my life than you do. And I will live according to my own way. And that sinful, prideful, arrogant heart leads to evil behavior and perverse speech. It leads us to make choices in our lives with the words that we use and the actions that we take that violate God's law and God's command. And so while the fear of the Lord is the beginning, is the foundation of the of wisdom, this passage reminds us that the flip side of that coin is following wise ways. Fearing God means we hate evil. We hate sin, both in our own lives and in the world. Now, in our own lives, we seek to mortify sin. We seek to put it to death. When we see other people in the world doing sinful things that we hate, We show love to them by sharing the gospel. Those who seek wisdom, those who fear the Lord are to detest, are to hate the attitudes and behaviors that violate wisdom's precepts, that violate God's laws. Seeking wisdom, fearing the Lord is marked by a turn from loving sin to hating sin and seeking to live a righteous life before God. 
which is where we begin in this passage to be pointed to Jesus. Jesus truly feared God. Jesus truly lived a life of wisdom. Jesus truly hated sinful worship and sinful actions. True wisdom, like all benefits of salvation, are found in Jesus. He is the wisdom of God for our salvation. He is the righteousness we need to stand before God as wise. But who is this call given to? Wisdom's clear call is given to all humanity. Verse 4, to you, O men, I call out, I raise my voice to mankind. All mankind in some way is described as either the simple or the foolish. And wisdom raises her voice to all mankind, to all humanity. This means that wisdom is out there for every single human being to find. Does that shock you? Does that surprise you? When we seek wisdom in the world, don't we typically seek somebody who has a lot of knowledge or is special? We seek them out. But this call from wisdom, God's wisdom, is available for all mankind. We see it oftentimes when people who do not know God make right decisions, make good decisions. We should pray this for our leaders in our world, in our country. Oh, brothers and sisters, that our leaders would seek the wisdom of God. Even if it, it's the wisdom of God that falls far short of salvation. Oh, that they would seek his wisdom. Our country would run so much more smoothly. We should pray that our leaders seek God's wisdom. He has raised them up. He has raised them up for his purpose. We should pray that they seek God's wisdom. But that's the thing, even though wisdom calls out to all humanity, she only responds to those who love and who seek her. We see this in verse 17 and in verse 21. In verse 17, she says, I love those who love me and those who seek me will find me. In verse 21, she bestows her wealth on those who love her. In order to find wisdom, we must seek it and we must love it. While the call is out there for all, we must work to answer the call and find wisdom. And ultimately, to find the wisdom of salvation, which Jesus is, we need the work of the Holy Spirit because we cannot do that ourselves. Our hearts must be changed for us to be able to seek and to love wisdom because at our heart level, we seek anything but God's wisdom. We seek our own wisdom. We seek the wisdom of the world. And we are seeing the fruit of a culture that for decades has sought its own wisdom. So wisdom's call is clear. And wisdom's treasures are tremendous. Now, since this call to wisdom, this call to pursue wisdom comes ultimately from God. And we know that because Proverbs is part of the inspired word of God. So we know that God was working through Solomon, through his poetry to share his wisdom with the world. And while we should pursue it simply because we are called by God to pursue it, God knows us well enough that sometimes we need an incentive. And so wisdom promises treasures. Wisdom promises treasures that are far better than silver or far better than gold. And this would be somewhat shocking to Solomon's people because during Solomon's time, very much like today, there is nothing new under the sun. People assume that the more wealth you had, the more righteous you were, the more faithful you were. And yet wisdom here says. I call you to a righteous life, I call you to a life of wisdom and prudence, and I will give you something more than silver and gold. Those things will be as nothing to you. If you follow, if you seek my call. So what are wisdom's treasures? They are. Several of them, I am going to list them off, some with some with description. Well, all of them with description, some with more description than others. In verse seven, we see that wisdom's treasure is truth. Not my truth, not your truth, not Republican truth, not Democratic truth, not liberal truth, not conservative truth. But God's truth is where wisdom shines and it is the treasure. That's what all of us need. Our minds are clouded to truth. And we need to see God's truth. And so when we seek wisdom, wisdom shows us God's truth. 
Another treasure is justice. Once again, not the justice what we define, but God's justice. We we are a country in need of justice right now, but the justice we are seeking is just reverse oppression. One people group in our country has been oppressed for so long they deserve to oppress the other people group for a while as revenge. That is not justice. Justice means that the punishment fits the crime. That's what the eye for an eye was all about in Exodus. It wasn't necessarily that that if if I punch somebody in the eye and they went blind, they got to punch me back. But the penalty that I paid had to give them recompense for what they lost because they lost their sight. We need to do the hard work of figuring out what true justice is in our country and in our culture. And that is only shown to us through the wisdom of God. And it is going to take work, brothers and sisters. It is not easy and it will not be easy. But it will glorify God. A treasure from wisdom is upright conduct we see in verse 8. How many of us think of our righteous conduct as wisdom? We think of it as law keeping. We think of it as law following. But God's law is wisdom. And so when we follow God's law, when we live righteously before him, we are being wise. Prudence is another treasure, as I mentioned before, the ability or capacity for understanding the world around us. Classical education talks about three stages of learning. The, the, the parrot stage where you teach facts. And many of us get stuck there. We think we have our head full of facts. We know something and we're wise. But the next step is the ability to understand those facts. Or in this passage, it's described as prudence. To be able to take those facts and see their relation to other facts and to begin to understand how the world works based upon the facts that we have learned. And then the next treasure that we get is that discretion. Those two things that wisdom called out for the simple and the fool to seek. Wisdom gives us as treasures. Discretion is the third step in that educational journey from facts to prudence to the ability to take those facts, to take the understanding and the prudence and to apply them to specific situations and implement wise actions. Wisdom gives us counsel and sound judgment. We all give advice. We're all asked for advice at times. But wisdom says, I will give you counsel, which is giving advice based upon a standard, specifically the standard for Solomon and for the reader of Proverbs is the plan are the plans and purposes of God. Does our advice oftentimes to our friends, to our family members. Parallel or agree with the plans and purposes of God. And in conjunction with counsel, we get sound judgment, which is wisdom that leads to practical success. Basically, all of these things work together for a blessed and a full life, which we'll look at more deeply next week. But the treasures of this world don't satisfy wisdom promises to satisfy us with the treasures that she gives. And finally, the last promise of treasure comes from verses 14 through 16, which is the wise use of power or the wise use of authority. Solomon is writing to his son who would one day be king. Where wisdom tells us in verse six that she is going to give us worthy things. That word worthy is also a word that is means to rule. Or to be a king. And so what Solomon is giving is kingly things or princely things so that one who rules can rule according to God's wisdom. Brothers and sisters, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, that should be one of our prayers for our elected officials. That they seek God's wisdom and that he give them the wisdom to rule wisely Paul told Timothy to pray that for the leaders of his day so that the church might worship, so the church might minister, so the church might evangelize in peace. Thanks be to God that God's people are ruled by a king who not only exhibits all of these treasures in his dealing with the world, but is wisdom in his very being. So in looking at wisdom's clear call in looking at wisdom's tremendous treasures, we have seen that wisdom offers her treasures to all humanity. But she is only found by those who love and seek her. How do we seek wisdom? 
Warren Wearsby states, hear the word of God, receive instruction, love truth and wisdom and seek God in his wisdom daily. Sometimes God is gracious to us and he allows us to learn wisdom merely through our daily Bible study combined with the preaching and the teaching of the word. The Holy Spirit works in our life to illuminate those things so that we can see wisdom and partake of its treasures. Sometimes, however, by the grace of God, we learn wisdom by messing up, by turning our back on wisdom and stumbling and falling and God coming along, but through the power of the Holy Spirit and picking us up and say, see, I love you, but I told you so. And setting us back on the right path. Sometimes we have to learn wisdom the hard way. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, we must love and seek wisdom, both in God's word and in his world. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we must apply these truths to our lives. Don't just look at them. Don't just memorize them. Don't just stuff them in your brain, but seek to apply them. Seek to understand how they relate to your world and to your life today. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we must turn back to that wisdom when we apply God's word wrongly or ignore it altogether. And remember that God gives wisdom to all who seek it from him. Let us pray. God and Father, we do thank you for these words from Solomon. Words that remind us of the fact that we are simple and foolish oftentimes. Our hearts are turned toward pride and arrogance. And yet through the work of your son, through the work of the Holy Spirit, you have changed our hearts so that we should have a love for your wisdom, a hatred for sin, but a love for wisdom. So help us to see the many treasures that you offer us for seeking wisdom. And help us to pursue and to love wisdom in a way that honors and glorifies you and shows your glory to a watching world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your hymn book and turn to hymn number 365, All the Way My Savior Leads Me. Our Savior leads us through this life and he leads us in wisdom. So let us stand and and profess that in song by singing hymn number 365. Just
seek to walk the path of wisdom, understand that it is fraught with dangers, it is fraught with temptation, but God is there to see us and to walk with us through His Son and through the Spirit down that path. So as you go this week, know that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus.